Today we're going to be talking about Slave from Emancipation, uh, recorded mid-1995 and released on the 19th of November 1996. Uh, this is the opening track of the final disc of Emancipation. Um, so Prince obviously working to some themes, uh, starting here with Slave and finishing this disc with Emancipation. Um, and in between he has a, a few other songs that kind of comment on what happened between him and Warner Brothers. Um, I feel like this one is probably the most explicitly about Warner Brothers songs on this entire <laughs> album. Um, and on the track, it is just Prince by himself. Um, this was originally released as a, um, a promotional single um, on the 9th of December 1995 uh, with New World as the B-side. He was essentially given out to people at a Paisley Park event. You know, nine days after Gold came out, Prince was already starting to promote stuff from Emancipation. But, you know, obviously not commercially available until the 19th of November. Um, the track is 4 minutes 51, and joining me to talk about it is John Park. Hello, John. Hello. Thanks for having me once again. And I feel as a genre, um, I, I've, I was, I was going to label it as revenge dance. Um <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the best way of describing it. I mean, it's got a kind of... He's going for that old-fashioned sort of slave song thing, but put through a Prince filter, which makes it something completely yeah. different. And, you know, just the fact, obviously, you know, for those who, who, you know, weren't around 20 years ago, Prince had taken to writing Slave on his cheek. Um, and on the booklet that came with this, the the first, like, the you know, the, the picture that you first see when you get the booklet is... Prince with slave written on his cheek mm. um, and a little symbol as well um, drawn onto the side of his head, uh, which I'm not sure that he ever actually did that. I think that's a bit of Photoshop magic. Oh, I was um, hoping you're going to tell me he had a tattoo under his hair. There. <laughs> no, I don't think he did. <laughs> um, though it wouldn't have surprised me at this point if he'd gone to that kind of, you know, that kind of level of commitment. <laughs> um, there was a video for the same December where he actually he drew the symbol across the bridge of his nose and down the one side of his face while on the other it said slave as well so ah. you know he had a fondness for drawing the you know various things on his face at this particular time um and you know this is the final this is the start of the final 60 minutes of this three-hour album um you know uh prince starting off you know i wouldn't say it's a shot at warner brothers but you know there there's certainly you know the idea of him writing slave on his cheek um you know and I, I don't know the, the fact that he t he talks about everybody keeps trying to break my heart yeah. and I'm like I'm like Prince like it's just a it's just a record contract you're now free from it <laughs> yeah well I think he's probably bringing he's probably bringing a few different things to the table even if it is about Warner Brothers you know and and it's probably yeah. how he felt like used you know um it's quite because it's quite a dark song isn't it you feel for him he does his best to make you empathize with him. Um, and, you know, like the sound of it is um, it's kind of uh, possibly, uh, you know, very different to what had been on the previous two discs. You know, the first disc had been very much a disc of party songs, um, you know, and a couple of ballads were thrown in there. The second disc is mostly songs that are dedicated to Maite. 
Um, you know, given given away by the fact that the, the previous song to this is "Friend, Lover, Sister, Mother, Wife." You know, so to go from that to "Slave" is a little bit of a left turn. <laughs> um, and then this final disc, it has a, a more, I would say, a more experimental feel to it. Um, you know, the songs on here, like the sound, particularly of this, you kind of have like very kind of like um, hollow drums, mm. are, are kind of like the main thing that you hear in this song. Um, you know, it, it, it sounds, you know, it is just Prince by himself. So, you know, there is this kind of thing that Prince likes to do of layering different sounds. Um, you know, you get a lot of him doing his own backing vocals and his own harmonies. Um, <laughs> I love that. And so it, it has, well, it, it, it ends up having a little bit of a kind of claustrophobic feel, but there are even a few kind of like, um, I would say kind of like Michael Jackson type squeals here and there. Yeah, like um, well, the scream at the song. start of the song for a, you know, for yeah, a start. Yeah, which is also the start of this disc. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, that's that's kind of like a bold way to start the disc is by doing that kind of, you know, a Michael Jackson-esque kind of scream. <laughs> um, you know, and there isn't really a, well, there is a chorus, you know, the, the kind of, um, you know, everybody just wants to break my heart, everybody except for me. Uh, I just want to play the chance to play the part, the part of someone truly free, but the the, the chorus doesn't have slave in. Mm. Like that's not like a that's not like a line, you know. The fact that he says the part of someone truly free, um, until the very very end of the song when he starts saying slave, that's when he starts saying the title of the song. But you manage to go through like you know four and a half minutes before he ever says the <laughs> word slave, which is you know is interesting for a song that has that title. Um, and I think that's mostly because the original title of the song was "Slowly Candle Burns." Oh, okay. I'm not. I'm not as keen on that as a title. I think "slave" encompasses what this is. Yeah, I mean, the, like the phrase "slowly the candle burns." I mean, in particular, when he's you know he says in the first verse, "like candles slowly burning," mm. and he he kind of sings it in a really a weird way where his voice is kind of quivering as he says those words. Um, you know, so like that, I I guess, but even then, you know, like later on, he does say burning slowly candle, but again, it isn't like a chorus line. It is a, it is a repeated phrase, um, you know, but he says it three, he says it a few different ways. So he starts off saying like slowly, like candle slowly burning. Then he says burning slowly candle. Then he says slowly candle burns. <laughs> so like he keeps rearranging the words. So even that isn't like a chorus part, you know, like it's just it's just a passing a phrase that kind of gets rearranged a few times. Yeah, I love so that I, in this, actually, like the way the music, like the, the beat and the rhythm, it's it's um the same kind of thing over and over. But it doesn't yeah. feel repetitive somehow. Like I think because most of the lyrics go off on their own different journey. It, it's not the same words over and over as well to go with it like it works it kind of anchors it and, and i think the interesting thing as well is he has different cadences on those lines as well like so when he has the first verse saying like candle slowly burning i can feel my world unravel hemisphere upon hemisphere that's where he has like the little backing vocal thing mm. um lie beneath my soul and then he goes so <laughs> it's like <laughs> The, like words are repeated and you know the the kind of the way the rhymes are is slightly different so like you know soul doesn't rhyme with unravel but unravel does rhyme with you know where he says my enemies keep it turning but now they pound the gavel but like then nothing rhymes with soul you know it finishes with him saying and judging me accordingly mm. i know i know like so he leaves he, he rhymes some parts he leaves other parts unrhymed and then he kind of repeats some words and doesn't repeat doesn't repeat others free form yeah so it, yeah it is it is kind of um i think i said this about one of the other songs on this album it does feel a little bit like slam poetry um 
and like I could Im- I can imagine Prince in a coffee shop seeing just yes. like, just speaking the words like candle burning slowly. I can feel my world unravel and people just kind of clicking their fingers. I really hope yeah, someone but... like writes into you now and says, yeah, I saw Prince doing some slam poetry once and has a story <laughs> for you because I could picture it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that like there's some of this, I think, you know, some of the stuff on this third disc has that kind of feel of Prince. Um, I don't know, it, like not trying to like, um, you know, destroy stuff in different genres, but there certainly is a level of experimentation where he's just like, you know, let's let's try having lines that are longer than they should be. Let's mm. try having different cadences. Um, you know, and this this whole thing of you know, I do my best to party. It's just that everybody keeps trying to break my heart. Like, I, I don't know that this this whole everybody keeps trying to break my heart, which is kind of the the start of the chorus that keeps coming back. And, he, and the fact that he says everybody except for me, it's like basically him saying, "I'm the only person I can trust. I am very lonely." <laughs> oh um, no, you know, I feel for him. <laughs> yeah um yeah and, and then this I, I don't know there's there's a few weird things where he says you know uh, slowly candle burns where they learn hypnosis and i'm like okay prince this has taken a very weird turn here. <laughs> i i um, like the way as as you say th- some things don't rhyme some lines are slightly longer than they should be and and lines like the one you just read actually because there's there's something sort of um dark about it and it's slightly sinister sounding, but you yeah. can't quite place why. And I think it's all these things that aren't the norm. Like there's a lot of things that aren't normal, aren't normal, sort of piled up on each other. And it gives like a, a strange, uneasy kind of feeling. And, you know, um, I mean, particularly merrily down three heartbreak boulevards. <laughs> mm. um, like, I mean, I think like the way that this relates to Warner's because, you know, at this point you have to kind of, sometimes with Prince, you have to kind of read a little bit into it. Um, you know, there's other songs where he says, and particularly in White Mansion, where he says, what about my publishing rights? And he's like, oh, that's a laugh. Like, very direct references to the whole Warner Brothers thing. But here, mm. it feels like the fact that he's, you know, he's saying, I just want the chance to play the part, the part of someone truly free. That does, that feels like that is about the most direct reference in this song to the whole contract thing, where he's like, yeah. You know, I just I just want to be, um, you know, because uh, it's odd as well, because he phrases it. I want I, that, you know, the chance to play the part, the part of someone truly free. It sounds like once he's actually free from his contract, he's still going to be in public, putting on a, a public face that isn't, you know, this this kind of this dispute face, which he's had on for the last few years <laughs> yeah. of, of writing slave on his face and, and kind of you know, being very kind of withdrawn and not promoting, you know, the last like three albums that were put out, he basically didn't do any promotion for. So I think the idea that, you know, this this character that he's going to play who is free is the one that he played, you know, the, the, the kind of the weekend that this album was released, which is someone who's willing to give, you know, 60 interviews in three days and he's going to have a whole episode with just him and Maite on, on, on Oprah. Mm. And, you know, like, basically just kind of be out there promoting the album as much as is humanly possible. And even then he seems like he's saying on this song, that's still not going to be the real Prince. Like that's, that's going to be someone playing the part of someone who has to promote an album. <laughs> um, well, yeah, so, yeah, that know. makes sense. I, I, you know, I find, I, I find the kind of the language quite interesting because it's not even that he's saying that he's going to be out of the contract and that means he gets to do whatever he wants. He's saying, I'm not going to be out of the contract, but I still have to play the role of, what people expect from like a pop star, basically, mm. you know, it's like they expect them to be going onto shows and playing their songs and, you know, doing interviews and kind of promoting the, the, the album. That's, 
it seems like he's saying I'm going from the part of someone who's being forced by Warner Brothers to do that to someone who's just forced by you know society to play that part and I don't know it, it just seems like an interesting idea just the, the the idea of not being free but playing the part of someone free hmm. which seems to be a contradiction because I don't think you can play the part of someone free because that still means you know you're beholden to someone well, I think like, yeah that's the thing he he maybe acknowledges that well he's prince he can't be free free but he can be as free as he can be maybe he can he can show you how free he is but he'll always be a celebrity well you know he'll always be in in the public eye uh, and interestingly prince did have another song that he was recorded around this to the same time as um mpg exodus which is an album that came out the year before uh called slave to the system which has some similarities mm um you know but it, it's a it's it's more of a band effort um because you know that's what the mpg was um so <laughs> you know it, it it has like lead vocals with sunny t and it has you know a proper you know it has michael b on there doing you know real drums um and then also there was a version that he did where claire fisher did some strings as well um but you know that track remains unreleased um though you know i'm sure if you wanted to try hard you could find it somewhere on the internet mm-hmm. um but uh, yeah, so, you know, it seems like this idea had been around for a little bit longer than, the, you know, the whole album, because, you know, it's almost almost a year before the album actually came out that this this was kind of premiered, um, you know. And also, at the, t- at the same time, he did a, a live version of a song called Days of Wild, which showed up on Crystal Ball. And there was a couple of other songs. So, you know, on the 9th of December, there was like a, a mini concert that he played at. And this is one of the songs that we've kind of... Um, performed there and then given away on the on a, like a, like a single um for people along with the uh, new world on the b-side um so this is like one of the older songs that's on the album so which is interesting because at, at this particular point like in 19 uh, like late 1995 prince didn't know that he'd be able to get out of his contract with warner brothers so i think the sentiment that he's saying i'm gonna play the part of someone who's free maybe applies more to the material that was released under Warner Brothers than Emancipation itself, which is, mm. you know, an album that is recorded, at, you know, a one album deal with EMI, basically, that was it. So he didn't have to do anything out. He basically could have just rec- released Emancipation and then never released another album. Oh, again that wouldn't be very Prince, though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no, but he had no obligation after em- Emancipation to do any more albums. So in that sense he was truly free but i think it's interesting that this song is recorded at a time when maybe he feels like he won't ever be truly free mm. and so maybe that's why it feels like it's a bit darker than some of the other material that's on this album um because it's written from the perspective of prince looking at his record contract and thinking i'm never going to be out of this contract <laughs> <laughs> i'm going to be stuck in this contract but then by the time it gets released he is actually free um and maybe that's why the title changed from slowly candle burns to slave because maybe at that point he wanted to make more of a statement mm. And I think as well, uh, and, you know, certainly the kind of the the kind of almost like stomping towards the end where he keeps saying slave as well is kind of interesting oh, yeah. uh, as like an outro. I think as well, he he ended up being free, so to speak. But, you know, he's he's always going to come back to the music. He's a, he's a slave to that. He can't escape it. He's yeah. going to have he's going to release an album. You know, <laughs> at that point, he, he can't stop himself almost. You know, he'll get back into it somehow. But yeah, so I mean, for me, I, I don't think I go any higher than uh, a three out of five. And that's only because I always end up confusing this song with four or five other songs <laughs> from this disc. Um, well. <laughs> and, and I think maybe that's just on me. 
but there's some of this, there's later songs on this disc, um, like the Human Body, Face Down, Sleep Around, that are kind of done in a similar. They 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 they're basically Prince of the Studio by himself, and he's ended up using a similar production sound, and so they kind of end up merging into one another, like in my mind. So, um, you know, I, I don't think I can go higher than the three Ooh. for that. It, it feels, even though, even, though it, even though it was like one of the earliest songs recorded, it doesn't feel like it completely fits with Emancipation. Like, I, I feel like if Prince had kind of gone back to it in 96 and maybe tweaked it a little bit, he could have made it fit the album a bit better. Yeah, I get that from what I've heard you know. so far. Because as I said, I um, haven't heard a lot from this era. But when I played this one, this was one of my favorite ones, but I think because it doesn't, it doesn't sound like this album. You know, it, it it does sound like it's from a different time almost. But I I liked that. That's the kind of sound I was was liking. I like the dark sort of edge to it, the the kind of slave song element put into a Prince pop tune. I, I quite enjoyed that. I, I'd personally, I'd probably go four. Well, I mean, I you know, I can understand that because you know, Prince has got thirty six tracks, so you know, he's got a kind of do as much as he possibly can. So I feel like occasionally he just kind of maybe gets bored one day and is like, well, maybe what if I did a song? Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> and, and and sometimes, you know, those ended up on the album and sometimes they didn't. So, but I, I, I just, I think it's interesting because for me, it feels like a song that, that, you know, I mean, you know, knowing the recording dates and release dates and stuff, it, it does feel like a song that wasn't meant to be part of this mm. album, but was just something that he had around, you know, earlier in the, in the year. And, and then, you know, he got to, you know, there's something obviously that, that he did with the, you know, Emancipation is it's three discs, each have exactly 12 songs and each is exactly 60 minutes. <laughs> so occasionally to me, it feels like Prince is like, I need to fill four minutes and 50. What have I got that is that length? <laughs> and he's like, well, this song might Perfect. fit. And, and this, yeah. And so there seems to be a little bit of that going on sometimes with some of the songs where it feels like if, if, if he could get away with not having this song on this this album and just keeping it as a you know a pre-release single, then that probably would have been better than you know kind of putting it into an album where to me it doesn't feel like it completely fits. Even though it's called Slave and the final track of this disc is called Emancipation, <laughs> it still feels like calling it Slave is is just a way of trying to make it fit into you know the rest of of the kind of theme of this particular. Yeah, piece. I get that. After like twenty something years, it's still one of those songs where you know I'll listen to it and I'll think this is completely like this is completely odd and it doesn't really fit with what I thought Prince would be doing at this point in his career, you know. And so I think you know for that for that reason, um, you know I think it's still an interesting song, but it, it's just one of those songs where after I've listened to it, you know, the the next song comes on and it's pretty much exactly the same. <laughs> well, you did you did forget it to prep for this, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's, it kind of it kind of always ends up merging into other songs and sounding like other songs to me. So, and th- this is that's the same that's true of some of the the other songs on this disc. There are a couple that kind of have this particular kind of like dance feel, mm. um, and and they kind of end up being a bit similar in my mind. Um, but you know that might just be I, me. I find that's a problem with any huge album like this. By the time you're you're nearing the the final third, you're worn out. You you can't go on anymore. You've got to stop. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was exhausting enough when Prince used to put out 17, 18 tracks. <laughs> yeah. the, fact that he's, the fact that he's just gone and doubled this number. And this will remain, you know, for the rest of his career, the longest album he ever put out. Um, you know, and this is, by the time you get to the, I mean, at this point, we're starting the third disc. So we're past the midpoint of Prince's career, basically. 
and this this album is fittingly enough kind of you know the the the, the part of, that represents the middle of his career exactly so as much music as he's recorded before this he will record the same amount after this that's crazy um, that's a that's a fascinating fact yeah <laughs> um so i mean prince never performed this live um it's one of those songs where i feel like if he did perform it live with a band the band would probably end up getting bored after a couple of minutes <laughs> they'd be like this is not this is like, it's great that prince is enjoying singing in this kind of weird low monotone for some of these lines and kind of but it's just not really doing anything for the rest of the band. Um, and it should go without saying no one's bothered to try and cover this. Um, and again, I feel this is one of those songs that kind of lives in the production. So if you were a cover band who did this, you know, even if you were a Prince tribute act that did this, I think the crowd after about two minutes would be like, okay, we get, we get, the- <laughs> get on with <laughs> um, it. Let's, let's move on to another track. That's more interesting. Um, but yeah, cause if you can't, if you can't replicate that production and like I say, I, I really enjoy the production. I think that's something, you know, that on this album, it stands out, you know, even though I'm saying some of the songs are a bit samey, this, this doesn't sound like anything from, you know, Prince albums, you know, the year before, or, mm. you know, 10 years before, or even 10 years after, you know, emancipation has a very kind of specific sound to it, you know, which is the sound of Prince experimenting basically and being, <laughs> being given, uh, you know, enough time in the studio to do whatever the hell he liked, and then EMI yeah, saying, yeah. which not always, not always a great thing necessarily. Yeah, I, yeah. but but it's fascinating to like for that to exist. Like, I like to sit down and listen to someone's whole vision for good or bad. <laughs> Much like with films, I do like it when someone like George Lucas, he did the prequels. Okay, they weren't great for the Star Wars movies, but it's fascinating to see one man's vision. Yeah. There is literally no no men on that. It's like li- everyone is a yes man, agreeing with exactly what George wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the same with Emancipation. It is an album that was, you know, sculpted by yes men. You know, Prince was like, I yeah. want I want three discs. And someone at EMI went, okay. <laughs> and then he's like, I <laughs> want 36 tracks. And someone else went, yep, yeah, okay, go for it, Prince. Like no one was ever <laughs> stopping him on this particular album. I feel like later albums after this, there was a certain limit that was imposed on him. And, you know, and as he found other distribution deals, you know, like the next, like, I think the next five or six albums, each one has a different distributor. And I feel each time (laughs) it it, it started to get to the point where they were like, "Um, you know, you're going to have to, you're going to have to fit this to a specific thing. It can't just be unlimited songs. No. I know. I know. (laughs) Um, So, you know, it's interesting to see that. But uh, yeah, so, uh, you know. Uh, I feel like we said as much as we can about Slave, so let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug, John? Uh, yes, I am, as you may know by now, one of the hosts of the Bat Minute 89 podcast, where we analyse Tim Burton's Batman one minute at a time. So if you'd be interested in that, we do have some uh, some Prince talk, and of course, Darren, you join us uh, for a little bit near the end there. Uh, if, you, if you'd like to give that a listen, we're all over the internet. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of them. Just put in Bat Minute 89, you'll find us. And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or on Twitter at Prince Podcast, or you can email us, not sure where you would, at Prince Track by Track at gmail.com. Thanks once more for being my guest here, John. Oh, thank you very much. And otherwise, bye. Don't think I ain't.